Flush the bombers, get the subs in launch mode. We are at DEFCON 1. DEFCON 1. Cincinnati, Ohio. One more hour and I'll be home. Close my eyes and rest my bones. Can't be more than a mile or so from Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. Welcome to the Hunt for Reds October podcast. I'm your host, Coop, and today we got some people here to talk some Reds baseball with you. Uh, first, let's go to Branch. Branch, how are you tonight? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Trying to uh, Boom. chill out and enjoy a beer and enjoy this podcast. Yeah, you need to hear it pour. Listen oh. to that. Isn't that beautiful? Branch has and, a and new mic. It, it's being poured into a glass that I got at Cincy Sports Gallery. Wow. Thanks to Cincy Sports Gallery for this beautiful Reds mug. And and if you can hear Branch clearly, it's because he's got a new microphone. Yeah, pretty happy about using this. Yeah, it does sound really good. <laughs> yeah. We also have Callie on, the sponsor of the podcast. Callie, how are you tonight? Good. How are you? I'm good. And uh, right off the top, why don't we announce... Since I did on Twitter like a week and a half ago that uh, Cincy Sports Gallery and Kelly have renewed their membership membership sponsorship for another year. It's uh, basically a membership. It's a membership. <laughs> so go to the Cincy Sports Gallery, get all of your Reds baseball memorabilia needs, and then ask Mark for his UK collection. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, don't even get me started on UK. But anyway. Well, yeah. So we're about, I don't know, about 40% or so through spring training. Uh, about, about three weeks. Yeah. Uh, so things are moving along here. Uh, games have started, obviously. And I would have to say that the, the story of spring training so far, at least in my eyes, is Jose Garcia. Jose Garcia is the shortstop that the Reds signed out of Cuba a couple of years ago. Uh, when he first came over, he had some injury issues, and then he really broke out last year. I believe in, it was in single A in, in Daytona. If you follow Doug Gray, he runs this, the Reds Minor Leagues site and uh, also on Red Leg Nation. He has been high on Jose Garcia for a long time, and he's really showing it this spring. I think he has three home runs, and he's getting on base, playing some decent defense. Now, I know with the Red shortstop situation right now, it's easy for people to say, let's plug in Garcia, because Freddie Galvis is now on his second injury. He believe he had a shoulder injury. Now he's got a hamstring injury. And there's really nothing else shortstop-wise in the Reds system that you would feel comfortable starting on a day-to-day basis. So, Branch, I'll start with you here. Jose Garcia, talk about the spring he's had and what are the Reds going to do at shortstop? Uh, well, the spring he's had has been fantastic. It's been really fun. Um, you know, Barry Larkin's been pumping this kid up. I, he called him a five and a half tool player, not just a five tool player. He, he I he told some reporter, I can't remember which one it was, that that he's the uh, he's the next great Red shortstop. So it's been pretty easy to get uh, get pumped about him. He did, and yes, uh, Doug Gray has been been kind of high on him. Uh, he even got onto me once because I was like, "Oh, the shortstop depth in the red system's killing me." And he told me uh, this a couple months ago. He's like, uh, "Jose Garcia would like to disagree with you." And yeah, I, I told Doug I'm sorry about that, but it's not like I paid attention to how well he was doing in the Florida State League. But overall, he was like I think the fifth best hitter in Florida State in the Florida State League last year, which is a really pitcher friendly league. Um, he had, he had a really good season, um, looking like a leadoff hitter with power. Uh, he has a little bit of a strikeout thing, but he's not had none this spring. So I think he struck out, uh, at least once today that I heard, but I didn't get to listen to the whole game, but he's, he's really looked good and he's a true short, shortstop. So no converting, no, you know, I've never heard anybody say that he's not going to stick at shortstop, which is great. <laughs> because usually you go, you convert from a shortstop, not to shortstop. If you know what I mean, right? Yeah, Callie. Uh, it's definitely really exciting that we have something in the system that's coming up. It does not 
make me much more comfortable with this upcoming season, particularly. Right. I, I don't. Like, I don't. Know. Yeah. I don't think Garcia is going to break camp. No. He's on, he's never played above a ball, and he's twenty one. And we know how the Reds. You have to be at least thirty five before you can make your major league debut. So. Right. You have to be about retirement age, but. People are going to pay for it, but no, he has to go to Double A first. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I understand yeah. getting excited about him, but it, that's just not a reasonable place to start. Just bring him in now, so I think that'll be a while. So I'm not really sure what they're going to do this upcoming season. If uh, if Galvis is going to keep getting hurt, I just I just don't think he's reliable for every day. So I don't know what they will do. I think that that's definitely definitely the weakest point. Definitely the weakest point. Outside of Tucker. Um, <laughs> side side note here. I'm watching Nick Walenda walk on this wire over this volcano and he's got a safety harness on and a respirator. Now the respirator I can understand, but it's not really a big old stun. If you've got a safety harness, I mean, I'm not wanting to watch the guy burn up to death inside of a volcano, but I mean, why? Daredevils have gone soft. I mean, I know he did the one over like Niagara Falls without a, without a harness after he did it with a harness one time. But yeah, he's got this big old safety harness on. Come on, Nick Walenda. Death defying. The, the uh, flat earth guy. Is he uh, just went for it, you know? You mean the splat earth guy? Oh. Hey, <laughs> oh. But yeah, Nick Walenda, come on. You're not defying anything if you've got a big old. I could do that. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, maybe I couldn't breathe very well. Well, the respirator, but still, I feel like that would be... No, the respirator is fine. Yeah, you've got, like, toxic, you know, gas coming off that. I I don't have any problem with the respirator, but... I mean, I don't really have a problem with it anyway, because who cares, but... I could get across that thing with a harness. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I might fall, but I'd have the harness. Right. Yeah. I mean, eventually you'd get across it, because they'd have to come rescue you, so... Yeah. Branch, your thoughts? I would say I would say no. <laughs> anyway, we'll get back to the red stuff. <laughs> I, 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 I would I would just say no. No. <laughs> I just happened to flip to it, and yeah, he's about halfway across now. I didn't know he was still doing stuff like that. Yeah. I guess, I guess what else would he be doing? I mean, yeah. Anyway, so... If Freddie Galvis can't go at shortstop at the beginning of the season, I know they're probably not going to put Nixon's out short, which is what I would do, even though he's he'll probably be healthy by the start of the season. I mean, are we looking at Kyle Farmer at shortstop on opening day, Branch? I, I It could be Farmer. It could be Blandino. And Blandino did make one good play today and made a bad one after that. Um, I'm looking at... The there's only of, of the 2020 free agent shortstops, uh, three of them are actually signed to major league deals, so they'll stick with their clubs. Uh, but there's four, five, I guess, that are out there that are liable to hit the waiver wire. So, you know, I don't know if anybody's going to get really excited about Gordon Beckham being picked up by the Reds. <laughs> He's never but hit. That's the, <laughs> that's kind of the thing that we're looking at is I'm yeah. like, okay, where are they going to grab a waiver wire, you know, shortstop from here? And there's nothing that there's nothing on here that makes me go. Yeah. He's better than Blandino. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. it's like, or farmer. I'm like, they will either of them will be just the same as these guys without moving roster spots around. Scooter. So, Jeanette, Scooter. Jeanette's not walking through that door. No, we're, we're not going to have one of those oh, waiver pickups. No. It, it's it, it would have to take an actual trade trade, and I, there just ain't a whole lot out there to trade. Yeah, I mean Lindor is not happening, so no, it, it might it might have to be a piecemeal situation until Freddie Galvis can prove he can stay healthy. I don't know, Callie. What are uh, or no? Go ahead, Branch. Sorry. Yeah, the, the only thing I can think of is you know Minnesota is stacked with shortstops in their system, and they've got. D Gordon's little brother that maybe might be able to play and he's kind of trapped in triple a right now. And, but he's nothing to get super excited about, you know, and, and he's played second base mainly because he's not going to, going to play 
you know, anytime soon for a shortstop for the Twins because it's blocked. So, but their their system is stacked with shortstops as far as all teams go. But I have no idea how this could play out. So it is allowed to be blended. Callie, what do you then think? you're going to hear all the Iglesias, you're going to hear all the Jose Iglesias people screaming? Oh, they already are. Happens. They already are. Yeah. Callie, I've your thoughts? Seen yeah. a lot of the uh, seen a lot of the Iglesias screaming already. Um, I don't know. Maybe Farmer. I don't know. I'm not excited about any of it. None of it. None of it really sits well. Can Dietrich play shortstop? I put no. him there. I like him. Probably not. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. He that would not work, but. I don't know. Uh, there, there's no one that I'm excited about, and it does kind of suck that Lindor won't happen because that would have really just—I feel like that would have brought it all together. But can't have nice things, I guess. Again, the farmer—you got to be better than Blandino or Farmer. Can, just, can Josh? And really, those guys are serviceable dudes, you know. Can Josh Van Meter play so, shortstop? I don't know. He plays everywhere else, but I don't know. He, he's a second know. baseman. And he hit an absolute rocket today. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, yeah. Van, Van Meter unloaded on one, put it in. And the... I still love his swing. Gosh, his swing is so yeah. simple and quick. It's just it's like, man, that's it's simple, right quick, and it goes it. a long way. So, yeah, I definitely think he makes a team. I don't know. I don't know if they're gonna throw him at shortstop. I don't know. Honestly, I, it's it's looking like Blandino or Farmer on opening day if Galvis can't go. And long term, that's not going to get it done. But short term, that you might just have to roll with that for the first couple of weeks, unless unless you can convince yourself that Nixon Zell can play short, which I think he can, or Josh Van Meter. Yeah. Anyway, I think Zell or Suarez can play short. Oh, Suarez has proven that yeah, I mean, he I, came up yeah. as a shortstop. Uh, I don't know if that would help with his shoulder injury, having a shorter throw to first, but. Except for those balls deep in the hole, that those are actually longer throws for a shortstop. But I don't think arm strength's ever been a big, huge issue with him at all. Oh no, no, arm strength is—it's just coming off that shoulder injury yeah. where, where apparently yeah. we let's talk about that. He apparently dove into the shallow end of a pool, and that's how he hurt his shoulder. Yeah, playing with his kid. I mean, come on, Gene. <laughs> come on, Gene. Bro. You got to know. I love him. I love him. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna argue. Oh, I mean, I love. Him. Oh, he's he's probably oh, him and Vado are my favorite Reds right now. Yeah. But, so you know, it's good natured living. But yeah. Jinday, come on, Jinday. Nobody, nobody ever told you not to jump into the shallow end of the pool. Really? Mm-hmm. Come on, Jinday. Like you you, you need your shoulders. Now Jim Day could jump into the shallow end of a pool, and that'd be fine. But yeah, duh. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not wishing harm upon anyone. That was no, a joke. So let's look at some of the disappointments so far of spring training. And again, we're not even halfway through spring training. I don't care about stats right now. But there are some guys that are looking a little rough. Uh, Aristides Aquino is striking Ooh. out at an alarming rate in spring training. I think he's punched his ticket to Louisville already. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Scott- I, I watched him in the winter leagues. He looked rough in the winter leagues. It was it was just every time he came up, he was just hacking for everything he had, and it was just like, yeah, that's that's just a strikeout, bro. <laughs> I mean, it I, was it was rough. I've probably watched six or seven of his at bats so far in the spring, and I think he struck out in five of them. Yeah, and I mean, he's just waving at them. Like, <laughs> yes, yeah. I'm hoping it's a timing thing and that, you know, like I said, it's still relatively early. I'm not, obviously no one's given up on him. It's, it's just spring training, but I think that so far, if you had to say, who would you pick on the roster today that he's probably going to Louisville based on what he's done so far. Yeah. Callie, your thoughts on Aquino. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think that it's a, uh... Uh, I did. I did watch one game, and during that game, he did strike out. And you're right; he was just completely just like hacking at it. It did not really. It's it's like he totally lost it. But um, I did say before I thought that was probably going to be a flash in the pan, and it looks like 
it might be. I mean, I get that it is spring training. I agree. It doesn't really matter yet, but um, I'm just not seeing the same same guy I was watching at the end of last season. Just totally different. Yeah, let's hope that uh, he can turn it around. Now, the other guy who I've noticed has had a really rough spring is Scott Shebler, and I know he had been already counted out by most of the fan base anyway, but he looks like he's completely lost. Yeah. I mean, and it's not just with the bat. He's he's made like two or three errors already, or at least had some two or three misplays. I don't know if he's been charged with two or three errors, but I've watched a couple games with him playing, and I mean, I think it's time when it comes time to uh, – open up a spot on the 40-man roster, I think he's the next to go. What do you think, Branch? I think he's going to be a bench player for either the Rockies, the Orioles, and possibly the Red Sox by the time spring training's over. <laughs> yeah, he he's, he's, uh, he's going to be a, a, a placeholder. He is not making this team right now. Callie? Yeah, I thought he looked lost every single time I saw him last season. So I'm not surprised at all. I'm I'm actually more surprised that he's still around. <laughs> I kind of didn't think he was for a while. <laughs> I was surprised that Jose Siri was dropped from the 40-man and then obviously claimed by the Mariners. Right. Before Scott Shubler. I would have yeah. I, I would have kept yeah. Jose Siri. I still question that one cuz Siri still has the ability to do it all. And he went it's deep there. against the Reds earlier this spring. Yeah, I was kind of happy for him for that one because that's just a little, you know, fun for him to. I got you, you know. But yeah, to me, he still he still at least had yeah. potential. Well, he put him. He actually was in a position, you know, year before last to like actually be able to be on the major league club and do some good. But he was going back for a ball and you know hit the warning track and didn't give a shit and slammed his body into it. Yeah. So I, I my hats off to him because he's like, you know, that warning track's there and he just. And fuck it, I gotta get this ball. So that, he broke himself. That one makes me wonder if there's something else going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. Because Maybe. on 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 paper, it doesn't make sense that he was the one dropped over Shebler. But hey, they don't pay me, so I don't make the decisions. I, I don't get that either, though. That doesn't make hardly any sense to me. Again, you're, you're right, the potential that I think that he still has. And then Scott Shevler, I think that he's just been kind of kind of done for a while. Well, all these baseball people know back. everything. All the baseball people know everything. That's the reason Mike Trout was drafted where he is, where he was. Because all the baseball people are also smart. <laughs> they know everything. All these scouts see everything. So that's why Mike Trout got drafted where he got drafted. Well, and like I said, that that's why it, it makes me think – Maybe there was something else yeah, that we just yeah. don't know about, and that's fine. You know, uh, if there's something else and we don't know, we 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 may never know. I could be pulling shit out of my ass right now. I don't know, but <laughs> one time I want to hear an organization go, "Damn, we just got lucky." Or, <laughs> yeah, oh, just once, just go. We had no idea. We just got lucky. Or like this guy's an asshole. That's why we cut him. That would be nice. That would be nice. That would be hilarious. I would yeah. love to see that. So speaking of assholes, Trevor Bauer, um, he has made quite a stir this spring with some of his comments about the Astros. And, you know, that's fine, whatever. But then it came out that he may have used pine tar at the end of last season. Trevor Bauer, at the end of last season, his spin rate skyrocketed in September. And this is according to the Cincinnati Inquirer. He's been accused, again, of putting, they say foreign substance, I've heard it was pine tar, on the ball. And in his words, to like try to prove a point or something. But isn't that cheating? Yes. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, if he's going to make the points that he's making continually run his mouth, I really don't think that I need to be hearing about him using pine tar or whatever on, on his... Uh, Pitches. I just, I don't know. I just kind of feel like he just called them out for acting like idiots, and he, there he is acting like an idiot again. I mean, without knowing all the facts, it seems a little hypocritical if he's railing on the Astros and he was doctoring the ball last year. Now, I know this is different, and doctoring of the ball has happened throughout the history of Major League Baseball, but it's still technically cheating, 
So yeah, I don't think they're the, it's on the same scale by any means. Oh right, oh, no. no. Oh god, no. Oh no, and I'm not, and I'm not trying to equate the two. I'm just saying it's, it just seems I definitely a tad hypocritical. He's a little hypocritical. I'm just gonna wait and see what he does with it. I, you know, I'm gonna see. I, eventually, he'll talk about it and say whether he definitely did it or didn't. I'm gonna guess he's gonna say, "Oh yeah, I did that, and I was trying to do this and this and this to get to this," and it, you know, it'll be something. So I'm just gonna give him time. Um, I really, you know, so many of them use pine tar. I mean, good God, you think the ball sticks to most catchers? Yeah, uh, you know, chest protector. It doesn't. Yachty, Yachty, time yeah. bars and balls. Up oh well. yeah. That, uh, <laughs> yeah, there was some pine tar on that ball. Place. Yeah, you know Archer last year had the big brown spot on his jersey. You know they they all are using something thing on that ball. And as Cal, you as you know, these balls are powdery and slick as hell now. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and sometimes I don't I, I don't know if they mud them up right anymore because because the ones that that I've felt at the ballpark probably since 2018, it's like they took like a freaking you know lube bath in like talcum powder or something. I don't know. I've heard they're people, so slippery. I've heard people say that they think that they're not using as much mud as they used to. I know they use, they, they have a specific like mom and pop provider that provides yeah. the mud for but them it's to not the same. Right. I've heard that. I've heard. And Kelly, you would know from, I mean, you handle a lot of balls, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Very, very true. Baseball. Well, I, remember, I remember you, Callie, in like 2018 and going, these pins keep on clogging up because I was damn powder on the balls. No, they're definitely different. And then the, yeah. the mud, like you were saying, you're not not wrong. There's a bunch of like game-use baseballs that, I mean, tons of them that I've seen in the last few years that don't look anything like the ones maybe five, six years ago that were, yeah. I mean, they were dirty. They were used baseballs. These the one, The ones that come in now, it's like, uh, I mean, they're they're clearly used. They're they're dirty, but it's not anything close to the same. It's there's there's nothing caked on them at all. They're very, they're still very smooth. I guess I I should say they're yeah. still kind of slick. So uh, they're definitely different. It's totally different color because it's not so dense. So, uh, I'm very different. I'm very interested in what the baseball is going to be like this year because obviously. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there was a difference in the ball last year with the skyrocketing amount of home runs that were hit, and then they switched the ball in the postseason. And you know, <laughs> they can Major League Baseball can deny it all they want. And Rob Manfred hates baseball, but I'm interested to see what they do with the ball. Uh, if it's going to be the postseason ball, if it's going to be the ball from the regular season, if it's going to be the ball from 2018. Yeah, early reports are saying it's more like the ball from 2018, which is fine if you would just stay consistent with it. Yeah. But, you know. But yeah, on the Trevor Bauer thing, I mean, yeah, it, it sucks. But I like the guy, but he's done a ton of shit to piss me off. Or not piss me off, just – I ain't got to say piss me off because it's not like I actually know him personally. He does stuff that I'm like, oh, dude, don't do that. But he does other stuff that I'm like, hell yeah, I agree with that. You know, I, I like how he pushes the envelope a little bit, how he's educated a lot of people, how, how – it looks like he's turning the Reds into a pitching or we're helping to turn the Reds into a pitching organization, which that's never been able to be said ever. Not in any era. doesn't matter. Well, it's just not, they've never survived on their pitching. My thoughts on Trevor so, Bauer. And I think I've said it before on the podcast, but when he's talking baseball and it's about baseball, that's one thing, but, the stalking of the teenage girl on Twitter and some of his somewhat racist comments. I he does some dumb shit. He does. What can I say? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, you're right. He, he does, does some dumb shit. He does some dumb shit. But when he if he <laughs> would just thing, if that, he would that was right much. If the he stalking just, thing was a bit much. Now now the now the sometimes with the political stuff, I think sometimes he might have just been bored and he was just stirring it up. Trolling. kind of thing you know he just stirring it up to stir it up for for just trolling purposes you know if he would just stick well, to baseball sorry to cut you off there. no you're fine if he would just stick to baseball whatever you know yeah. i mean there's plenty uh, yeah, of other I actually enjoy listening to him talk about baseball right it's, it's insightful and it, it does it's uh he brings a little something different to it it's uh he's more engaging he's trying to get younger fans interested mm-hmm. in baseball and I definitely see what he's doing and I get it. And I think it, 
it could work. Do I want to like hang out with the guy? No. Not even, <laughs> not even yeah, no. Tiny yeah. bit. I, don't, I really don't even want to meet him, but he's the kind of dude that's going to get you into a DUI somehow. Right. Like, you know, okay. like he's going to be totally sober because he doesn't drink, but he's like, no, I can't drive. I want to see how good you drive when you're drunk. Fuck you, dude. Mm-hmm. No, you know, <laughs> yeah, he's going to do some dumb that. shit like that. You're like, really? <laughs> or pick a fight and go, I can't get in the fight. I'm pitching tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just weird shit like that. It's just, he just, you can't defend that, that stuff out of him. It's, it's just what he does. Uh Oh, Nick Wanda is getting a little cocky here. Oh. Ripping off his mask. Volcano? Ripping off his mask. What volcano is he? Uh, I think it's in work. like Central America or something. Now he's running in the last few feet. Oh yeah, everybody cheer! I could have done that with the harness. Kind of bummed I missed it. I mean, I'm all for scaring the shit out of myself, but I ain't going across the top. No, no I mean, no, I've cooked way too much meat in my life for that karma. To, to pay off for me to pop into a volcano and just roast. <laughs> I mean, he's getting a little old to be walking on these wires now. Oh, God. You know, that... Honestly, at first when you said he had a respirator, I was like, oh, my God, is he that old? But no, no obviously it's the <laughs> volcano. <laughs> <laughs> so, that guy is old. I mean, he's old as... Anyway, let's... Uh... So earlier today... I asked the Twitterverse to submit questions using the hashtag who needs a shortstop. <laughs> <laughs> I was out of coverage all day. I really am out of the loop today. I, I was in, I was in no cell yeah. health all day for the most part. So our, our first question, and this is a pretty good one. This is from our friend Jesse Byrne down there in Australia. And I say down there because if it's south, it's down. It, that's just a rule. He asks, hashtag, who needs a shortstop? What's the genesis of the pod? How did you all meet or get to know each other and decide to start recording? I'm sure uh-huh. you've covered this before, but I was clearly late to the party and the pod and Red's Twitter in general. Cheers and cheers. So, cheers. how we met. Holy shit. I mean, it's basically a Red's Twitter thing. Yeah. Um, I think... Now, some of the people that have been on the podcast, like Jeremy... Uh, I met through Red Reporter. Some of y'all, they got some Red Reporter stuff, but I was never around on any of that. I, I, I didn't even start Red's Twitter until, I, until my kids quit playing baseball and shit, and I quit coaching. You know, I watched right. Red's games, and I, I watched Red's Twitter. I just was never a part of it because I was busy with coaching and shit. You know? So, yeah, Red Reporter, a lot of us, a lot of the, the I call the older people, <laughs> met on there. And then uh, we met, you know, we'd go to games or they'd have the burger tour and stuff like that. The first time I met, the first time I ever met people from like the internet was at a Red Reporter burger tour where I met Jeremy and other people whose names you all probably don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> but then, you know, through Twitter, you know, you meet you meet fans at games Mm-hmm. Uh, that's. I mean, I've met I met people at games who you find out. Oh well, I'm on Twitter, and oh well, okay. Uh, but I think most of you all I've met through Twitter, and or yeah. at games. Well, Cal- like, I met you through Twitter. I met Callie through Twitter. Yeah, yeah. I, so. Coop and I became friends when, uh, well, mostly became friends when he did not do the ticket trick on me. Um, (laughs) because and i quote he said you're too nice and i would bet you anything i own that three years later coop's like wow i was so fucking wrong i should have done that (laughs) but i mean you're still nice to me into thinking that i could get tickets it was like the kentucky derby for my dad or something you were like i can't do it you're too nice to me huh Weird. I didn't get trolled one time, so I decided you were okay. Branch, I think that I can't really remember. I just remember a lot of your food posts and things. I can't remember when me and you first started following each other, really. I mean, you got retweeted into my timeline a couple times. And I thought, well, that's funny. I I think I followed you, but then it wasn't too long and you followed me. And I and really we'd followed each other for like two two years, I think. Yeah, and didn't really talk a lot. Yeah, we didn't no, we didn't really, you know, it's not like we had conversations or anything like that. And then we both ended up in the same damn group. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. There is a group chat that yeah. we are, mo- most of the people that have been on the podcast are a part of. 
that I I wasn't even a part of it when it started. Uh, I wasn't either. I was added a few years ago. And, and there's a whole lot of politics that go into who was added when. That 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 chat broke down and failed four times in like <laughs> two weeks at one point. Yeah, it was it was confusing and. Yeah, hell, I still remember voting on whether to let you in or not, Coop. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's true. We we have votes on who is allowed to be in because we uh, the group chat and Jesse. I'll just uh, I'll just let you know the group chat is not very politically correct. <laughs> is that how you say it? We uh, <laughs> there's there might be some offensive memes. There might be some. Things that can't be shared publicly. Publicly, oh, I was going to say, let's just share the title, but I don't even know if we should. What, what is the title right now? <laughs> Kelly Stem Cell Store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we change the title from time to time. So. Oh, God. oh no. So yeah, the way you get into the the infamous group chat, which is a group DM on Twitter, is that you have to be voted in by a. Near majority. Well, if anybody says no, then they don't get added. But as long as you know a majority of the people have voted yes, then the person gets added. And I think the last person that got added was uh, Reds GM at Reds GM. Yeah. So. But see, he had been in. He had been in that same group previously. Yeah, he, before he, I was not, in there, he, and then he, left, before yeah. you were in there, he was part of it. And actually, so was uh, Woo the Reds. They both bailed on the same damn day, oh. and then they blocked a guy from a from a uh, one of them did blocked a guy from a burner and kicked him out of the group. <laughs> anyway, it, yeah, that was a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah, that was a while ago. <laughs> we're, we're pretty stable now. But, it, but anyway, that's kind of how we got to know each other. Yeah, yeah. kick him out. And can can I say this when mm-hmm. when when I first like the first person I met from Twitter. Other than Casey, which anybody in Red's world goes to a game and you don't meet Casey, uh, Kentucky Red's gal. Um, She's literally the best. Everybody's met her. Everybody knows her. She's one of the first followers anybody in Red's Twitter should have. And I met her with my wife at, um, excuse me, a, um, a, uh, what is it, the Red's Caravan. And I was nervous that time, but. I'm not as nervous because it was Casey and I knew she's going to be nice. But when I first met, the first person I met from Twitter was Jer. And it was at a bar and I had my whole family with me. I, the, the kids were a little younger then. And, uh, you know, it was all the whole family, you know, all four of us going to a game. And I was nervous. I was so nervous. And then I got through that and I met a few other people and got to know them, you know, in real life. But when I met Callie for the first time, I was like, okay, I'm going up there. And my wife had sent a gift that she had made for Callie, some earrings or something. Mm-hmm. And, I was, and I was like, okay, I'm going to go meet Callie. And it's going to be the first time I meet her. And, you know, Callie's very, I don't, you know, no human contact. Don't come near me, this kind of thing. So I walk up and Callie's coming in and she's like, hey, it's not like, you know, we've chatted at this point a ton in the group and whatever. And she's coming up and like, I'm like, I don't want to hug her. So I just hold out my hand to fist bumper. <laughs> I was so nervous. I, so, that. I, was like, I don't want to hug Callie, but then she's like, "No, we can hug." I'm pretty sure that I made you hug me on your way out. Yeah. I was like, "That's kind of weird, yeah. bro." Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna, you know. She doesn't like physical contact, so I'm not going to like be like an asshole and be like, "Oh, we get big hugs," you know. And I'm a hugger. I hug everybody. So. Right. No, that was hilarious. I, I did not expect that. <laughs> so, Jesse, the other part of your question on what was the genesis of the podcast, I, I'd i been listening to Red Leg Nation and uh, before their big hiatus for a couple of years, the Red Reporter podcast. And, you know, I like talking about the Reds, and I was just sitting there one day, and I'm like, I wonder what it would take to start a podcast. So I started doing some research, started asking people in that infamous group chat, hey, if I did a podcast, would you want to be on uh, – and we come up with some gross shit for ideas for it, too. Yeah. Most of them it's really make bad. It. Uh, <laughs> and the name of the podcast is based on my favorite movie, The Hunt for Red October, which is The Hunt for Red's October. Uh, and it just kind of went from there. I Chad Dotson from Red Leg Nation, I asked his advice on some things. He gave me some pointers, and I really appreciate that. So shout out to Chad. 
and ask people like Doug Gray, ask like Wick Terrell, who some questions from Red Reporter, and did some research. The first couple episodes were a little rough. Uh, finally was able to get a good recorder from Skype because that's how I do the uh, the calls here with people. And once I finally got the good microphone, I think, is when we started hitting our stride. And that's, that's basically how it started was one night I was like, I, I think I'll do a podcast. And these people graciously agreed to be on it. So, yeah. So, that's that's basically how how we've all met and how the podcast started. So, Jesse, come to Cincinnati. We'll buy you a beer. Go to a game. And you can meet us, too. I mean, that's a long flight, but <laughs> anyway. If you want to meet all of us, I don't know. So, uh, Joshua, who is a former Red Reporter, I met him at that first uh, Red Reporter uh, little meetup that we did over on the west side. He said uh, in response to Jesse that we needed a not safe for work Reds podcast, and Coop was clearly the man for the job. By the way, the audio in general format has improved vastly since episode one. Thank you, Joshua. Josh. Josh Rutherford. Go follow him. He also had a question uh, for old hashtag who needs a shortstop for the old fogies like me. Do you actually miss anything from old riverfront stadium other than the big red machine and the wire to wire reds? Uh, I missed the free tickets and we're going to just not say how I got the free tickets, but I missed the free tickets at riverfront stadium. Uh, <laughs> Callie, what are your uh, memories I, of I riverfront? Um, mostly just, most of the games that I went to there, I was pretty young, but I remember what it looked like, and I just thought it looked really cool. I liked the level signs, the different colors. They were a little bit ridiculous. Like, it was a dump, but it was our dump. I don't know. I liked it. You know, when the, the whole place. When they so did, circular. When they so. did the cutout for <laughs> Great American Ballpark, it changed the whole dynamic of Riverfront Stadium, or Synergy Field at the time. And it was like, wow, this is, and they put grass in. It was like, wow, this is nice. Yeah, it was like, oh, huh. I definitely like this place because it was mine. (laughs) It's actually terrible. Right. Branch. Yeah, well, you know, not being from Cincy, I only went to Riverfront probably seven or eight times, you know, a couple times a year with Dad. Um, Mainly remember Dad getting drunk usually when we were there. I remember a whole ton about it. (laughs) I, 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 I remember going to, when they built GABP, I remember going up there in the inaugural year being older and not with my parents and with friends and walking in and also, you know, being a baseball player and fan and just, you know, this is great. And the first time I saw it, I was like, no, this is it. Because even I have good memories from Riverfront, but it seemed like a big concrete cold parking garage, <laughs> you know, and, and, and GABP just doesn't, it's, it's a ballpark, you know, that, it, you know, that's just how I feel about it. I don't really have that many fond memories other than mom and dad getting in some really good knockdown drag out fights and <laughs> dad puking in the parking lot. Now, you know, what, what Kelly was saying with the quality time, quality time, <laughs> the different color seats, you had the blue seats, which is like the field level. Yeah. So you could, you could, when somebody would say, where'd you sit? And like, well, I sat in the green seats. You absolutely already knew where that person sat because it was blue, yeah. green. Then there was a little bit of the yellow and then the red, which was the upper deck. I like the yellow seats because those were the only seats that were padded. And that's also where I used to get my free tickets, but we'll just be quiet about that. Um, I remember one time we almost got kicked out when we were in high school. We went and bought some top six. Yeah, that was the other thing about Riverfront. You could buy top six, which is the top six rows of the stadium, for like $5. And oh my god yeah i forgot about that so when we're, like i was in high school we a bunch of us went and bought some top six and we were like we want to be in the outfield And they're like we don't do that you're going to be where everybody else is we're like all right so we bought the tickets and we decided to just walk on out to the outfield anyway and sit in like the first row of the red seats and there had been there's like twenty thousand people there so it held like fifty five thousand or something so as we're walking out there, we see all the security guards like swarming from around the stadium. Like they think we're up to something. And we sit down and like six of them come up to us and are like, you either sit in your assigned seat or you're getting kicked out. 
I guess they thought we were going to try to try something and we just wanted to sit by ourselves, but yeah, they were, they were going to kick us out for sitting in the wrong seat. But anyway, so yeah, that was my memories of Riverfront. The, I was at the one game playoff with the Mets that ended up sucking, but that was the loudest I'd ever heard that stadium at the beginning of that game. Jack McKeon decided to start Steve Paris over Denny Nagel and that's history. Anyway, so Ode to the Reds 2020 World Series asks, hashtag, who needs a shortstop? What is your suggestion if Farmer and Galvis both get hurt? You. Uh, my suggestion <laughs> <laughs> my suggestion is Nick Spenzel, obviously, but that's probably not happening. And we talked about Van Meter or possibly other people. Uh, I agree with Branch that looking at the waiver wire at the end of spring training Maybe have a hopefully a Scooter Jeanette situation where you pick somebody up and they tear it up, but I doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> and really, uh, Frank Novak. In that situation, if they if, if they're both hurt, I mean, it's Blandino right now. I mean, I'd rather give him the chance than let me see. I'll I can read you the list right now of ones. These are these are guys that that are likely to hit the waiver wire. These are minor league deal free agent shortstops that did not get a major league deal this year. Humbert, Humberto Arteaga. No. Um, yeah. Gordon Beckham. Can't hit. Eric Mejia. Eric Mejia. Never heard of him. J- Jordy Mercer. Maybe. And Tyler, Tyler Salandino. Never heard of him. Jordy Mercer of that group, and that's still not anybody that I would. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's the Tigers. They're not going to give him up. They're going to be like, yeah, we're still rebuilding. We're going to play him. Right. He can at least. <laughs> so, you know. He, he's at least got a. That's some, where he's at right now. He's at least got like a kind of league average bet. But, yeah. Oh. He's 33 in the shortstop, though. Yeah. You know. But the Tigers right now, they're just, they're just going to keep him. Probably, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so Frank Novak asks, hashtag, who needs a shortstop? Is Big Blue Nation the corn hog of the week? Frank, we'll talk. We're going to talk about that. We'll get get to that. We might as well. We might as well get to that now. So we'll get to the Tom Brennan Memorial corn hog of the week each week when we actually have the podcast and I don't have sick kids. We go around the room and nominate the biggest dick of the week. Uh, Branch, let's start with you. Who's your corn hog of the week? Uh, I'm going to go with A-Rod from Mouth and Off about the, the Astros stuff. I mean, I hate what the Astros did and stuff, but A-Rod needs to keep his damn mouth shut. I mean, they won a 2009 World Series, juiced up like McGuire, so, <laughs> and then lied about it. So I'm just going to go with A-Rod. He runs the biggest dick of the week. Uh, Callie. Uh, you go ahead, because I'm pretty sure mine probably plays off yours. Yeah, <laughs> it probably does. So my cornhog of the week is this lady named Ashley Lyles. She apparently is a Kentucky fan, like me. But unlike me, she's a racist piece of shit. Last night, Kentucky blew a 17-point lead to Tennessee and lost, which whatever. That's a whole other story and a whole other podcast. But this lady, Ashley, oh, Ash, as she was walking out of Rupp, some Tennessee fans were ribbing her, you know, like, hey, where are you going? Because apparently she was leaving before the end of the game. So she proceeds to start dropping N-bombs at this person. And by N-bomb, I mean the hard R. Yeah. So it came out today that people were saying, oh, well, She's a cancer survivor, and I'm like, does getting cancer make you a racist? No. So, Ashley Lyles, go fuck yourself. And get out of my fan base and never step foot in Rupp again. Yeah. She needs to be cut off. I hope she's banned for life from Rupp Arena. That, and, that and was, any that other. Was, that was harsh. That wasn't That wasn't nothing that can be misconstrued, no. mistaken. No, it's on video. We're all fans. I'm a very passionate fan. Man about sports. I've said some really dumb shit when I went in the heat of battle and whatnot. Hell, I used to be a Browns fan. I've said some really bad, horrible things 
I've never done that. Right. I mean, not even come close. That's it's it's just pathetic. And she's built like a boy and has a mustache. Callie, give us your. <laughs> Sorry, the mustache thing just hit me. Uh, Callie, give me your <laughs> Tom Brimmer Memorial Cornhog of the Week. <laughs> she is certainly reprehensible, and I hope she's not even allowed back in Reparina. I hope she's not really allowed back pretty much anywhere in public. That was that was disgusting. It was but, awful. Uh, uh, I'm going to nominate collectively, like everyone that just stood around and did not do shit about it, and also people like Matt Jones who apologized for her and uh. had to offer forgiveness 35 fucking seconds after she does something so vile and disgusting, and everyone sees it, and he uses his platform where he has what, 200-something thousand followers to try to offer her forgiveness? Like, really? Really? Right now, Matt? Are you dumb? Like, you don't have to talk all the time. He talks constantly, and I can't stand him. So I'm going to nominate Matt Jones, but honestly, it's it's anyone who sat around and allowed her to act that way and made her feel so comfortable acting like such a racist piece of shit in public. So gross that not one of those people said anything like, wait a minute, hmm, maybe you shouldn't be saying this, and I don't know, drag her out of there. She can't be doing that. And you cannot use your Twitter account, Matt Jones, to try to make excuses for somebody like that. There is no excuse. Who gives shit if she had cancer? Like, I'm sorry to hear that, but that, that has nothing to do with the fact that she harassed black play or black other fans and play. I mean, there's everybody there, basically. That, that's harassing to every single person. That language is not acceptable ever. And to be doing that in public is you just cannot do that not today and you know what i've known people and i have family members that have gone through cancer and they didn't start shouting the hard r when they got cancer they didn't start dropping in bombs on people so there's no excuse at all and i agree completely with you kelly that she should never be allowed to step foot in rep arena again or any other kentucky event again I mean, it was it was hateful. It was it was awful. It's on video. If you really want to see it, my Twitter account at OnoCoop, you can find it. I I have no I have no tolerance for stuff like that. It was really bad. There's and, no and, and sickening and sickening. I mean, I mean, I full disclosure. I grew up, you know, in a very racist part of the country. It was. You know, there there was no diversity here. And my grandfather was that way. And he was wrong. And he died being wrong. He still does. I'm never going to apologize for him. Right. No. You know, I. it's just, it, he was wrong. It was fucking wrong. If he was here right now, I'd, Pops, you're wrong. This is why you're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> you know? It's just unfortunate all the way around. It really is. And and what if you're a blue chip recruit thinking about going to Kentucky? I mean, you've got and you've got some of these people defending this lady. Like, yeah. I I just I know this is a Reds podcast, those, but oh, yeah, it is. Oh, I can't. can't if you if you're listening to this podcast and you're a blue chip recruit, believe it or not, check out how players of all colors. Love Bob Huggins and go to WVU. Thank you. <laughs> little, little plug there. I don't hey. want to even watch college basketball. I just don't like racists. Hey, <laughs> this is this is a Cincinnati Reds podcast, so a lot of people in Cincinnati remember Huggins from when he was there. And oh, Huggy, Huggy Bears people the love man. people love Huggins. I mean, he's a little bit. He had a little bit of a drinking problem when he was here, but uh, <laughs> no. hey. Hey, you know, NCAA invaded his office. They didn't find any cheating. They just found a bottle of Jack Daniels and some old Playboys. <laughs> so, you know. Oh, Huggy hey. Bear. Where's Huggy the Bear. Yeah. We're, <laughs> yeah, there is no crime. I mean, <laughs> don't drive drunk, but still. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, well, that's no good. Right. So that about wrap up this edition of the podcast. Since we, uh, we, we got a little bit off of the reds there. But anyway. We'll go around the room here and have everybody give their final thoughts. And I'm going to start with you, Branch. Give us your final thoughts. Three weeks to opening day. Boom. That's that's all I'm thinking about. That's really literally all I'm thinking about right now. 
is in three weeks from tomorrow, we'll be sitting at GABP with some sort of semblance of a team if all these guys get healthy. (laughs) You know, sharing our asses off, hopefully not too drunk by the first pitch. (laughs) That's all I'm thinking about. Sweet, sweet. (laughs) Callie, your final thoughts. Uh, Same. Definitely looking forward to opening day, and I really hope the weather is nice. Please. Um, Yes. I've noticed today, I left work a little bit late. It was like 6.35, and it was not dark, and that gave me hope. Well, this weekend is the time change. Yeah, did we change your time this weekend? Yep, that's the spring forward this weekend. Oh, my God, that is the best news I've gotten in in months. Months. But you lose an hour of sleep. I don't care. Oh, okay. (laughs) It's still daylight at 7. Yeah, that's the big thing. Is cool. I'll get three instead of three. <laughs> <laughs> I worry so much about you and your sleep. Yeah, you have no you, idea. You like don't sleep. Yeah. No, I like legitimately don't sleep. It's awful. It is awful. I try always. But no, we're you, so close. Here, it's here's warm out. Ugh. Honestly, this is what you should do. When it it gets late at night, get on your phone, call up Phil Razor. Have him talk to you for about five minutes. Just him going on and on about his day. You are guaranteed to fall asleep. <laughs> Shout out to Phil. I don't know, man. All this enthralling stories about getting the shit kicked out of him by old people. Now that's true. His stories about getting beat up are are entertainment for hours. Phil, it happens like a lot. It happens a lot. Phil. Like, like way more than anybody else I know. Phil, Phil's never, never like he. He's definitely not been around kids a lot because he's never learned how to roll with shit. You know, like, <laughs> par- you know, parents are like, "What's that noise?" And my wife looks over at me and goes, "Don't ask questions. You don't want to know the answer to." And I'm like, "Good point. Just roll with it." You know. So you're saying I Phil's curious? And it feels like Phil feels does. like. That's wrong. Oh my gosh, that's wrong. I'm like, dude, you've never seen your kid pick up an old stogie and just eat it. And yeah, <laughs> it's wrong, but I mean, shit happens. And you just gotta go with it. <laughs> but shout out to Phil. Phil, we still love you. Yeah. Love <laughs> you, Phil. <laughs> so, uh, my. He, he, he has a very hard wrong and right. <laughs> hey, that's all right. But uh, for my final thoughts, uh, thank you to the Cincy Sports Gallery for. Uh, renewing their sponsorship and when i say sponsorship the <laughs> kelly has to deal with a lot when it comes to us <laughs> we crack yeah. all kinds of jokes but seriously oh go God. to the go to the Cincy sports gallery tell mark that uh you heard about him on the podcast buy hundreds of dollars worth of memorabilia and maybe i'll get a laptop out of it so for <laughs> For Callie and Branch, this is Coop saying uh, we'll talk to you later. Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, where the river winds. Across the basin and the Dixon line.